First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. All right, this is Eddie James here with the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Good to see everyone. Today, we have Anjali Patel with Tyler Allen Law Firm. Let me tell you a little bit about Anjali. Anjali has defined her career as a strong advocate for small business owners and individuals assisting her clients in all aspects of civil litigation and transactional matters. She now focuses her practice on business formation and strategy, estate planning, and employment matters, providing creative and practical solutions to avoid costly litigation. Attorney Anjali Patel was born and raised in the Phoenix metropolitan area and is now a proud to call Tempe home. Anjali serves on the board of directors for the Tempe Community Council, volunteering her time to address the human services needs of her local community. During law school, Anjali interned for the U.S. Representative of Arizona, Gabrielle Gifford, and externed with U.S. District Court Judge Stephen McNamee. She holds an undergraduate degree in molecular biosciences and biotechnology and a certificate in history and philosophy of science. Anjali is also a national merit scholar. So Anjali, we're so glad to have you here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Happy yes. to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So first question, we're going to go a little bit in, back in time because I think it was one of the reasons for why we were so intrigued to go, on and we'll go ahead and reach out to you. How do you go from majoring in molecular biosciences to getting to law school? So we would love to hear about what that transaction yeah. Yes. So it's funny because at ASU, and I, they've got this reputation nowadays as the Center for Innovation. But when I went to ASU back in the day, so we're talking, what is it, like 15 years ago, there was all of this focus on how the biosciences, biotechnology could improve life, could how we could use it to innovate, to improve all sorts of outcomes from growing vaccines and plants to make it logistically easier to get it to a third world country without the expense of refrigerating it the whole way there, things like that. And so there was this big push at ASU. I will say they did well with saying, hey, science degree holders, look outside of science and see how you can connect with other industries with this background. So I've always liked science and technology, but I feel like it was only half my brain. The other half was like, I wanted to take complex ideas and bring them to, you know, just everybody else. Like, how do you understand this? Break this down for people and how can we use it strategically? And so I think that 
career services did a really good job of saying, hey, think about law school. Like you get to take this background, which is a wonderful amount of training for you, and you get to apply it in a way that other people aren't. So I was definitely the only molecular biosciences and biotech major from undergrad going into law school that year. But I've never regretted that background. You know, you can go to law school with any background you want, even though there are some more popular ones, but it's always been a fun twist. My favorite clients are startup businesses or people trying to do cool stuff or pretty much anyone who I get to break down something complex and give it to them in a format they can understand to do something with it. And so it's just been about building on that experience ever since then. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. And and thank you for allowing us to kind of just walk that journey with you. So yeah, exciting, very exciting. So why estate planning? How did you get into estate planning into that niche? I mean, it's kind of been a natural progression. My clients were coming to me starting a business and they are saying, okay, how do I get my family taken care of? And, you know, you kind of start with, all right, so your two business partners, what do you need to protect yourself? What do you need to protect your assets? What do you need to shield yourself from liability? What does this look like? And then what's the next step? What if something happens to you? What if the business breaks up? What if one of you passes away? How do you get all of these things to your family? And so I love my clients. I don't want to be like, all right, I will take you this far and then you need to go to somebody else to finish the solution. So that business and estate planning problem solving works really well together. And that's kind of how I it bridged into the two. Excellent. That's great. And I can tell that at least from what it seems that you really care about your clients, you know, but what does it mean to you to be an estate planner? For me, it's about protecting your loved ones. It's about, you know, preparing for the worst so that unfortunately that day comes for everybody. And for my clients, it's so important that they protect their family. Now I'm a mom and have a family too. And I feel that even even more than I ever have. You know, it's naming guardians for your kids. It's making sure your spouse can provide for your family when you're gone. And what does that look like? That's like, I want to leave every client better than I found them. And this is, there's like a palpable way to do that every time a client comes in to sign their document. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That's really great. Absolutely. Really great. So how did you get to the current firm that you're at now for Tyler Evans? So Tyler and I have been friends pretty much since I graduated from law school. I was interning, or I guess clerking at a law firm that he was office sharing at, and he had graduated a year before me. And that's when we met. So we've been friends for about 13, 14 years now. I worked for him a few years ago, earlier in my career. I was was his first hire. I was like his go-to person for the things he couldn't do. And it was such a great experience, but eventually I wanted more. I wanted a taste of this complex civil litigation stuff. I wanted to know, you know, what am I preventing my clients from when I'm creating that contract? What am I preventing them from having to experience? Because the toll civil litigation takes on your client is just heartbreaking sometimes to watch. But I needed that experience. I went out, I joined a couple other firms, and then I missed the freedom of getting to decide from start to finish what my client relationship looked like and really getting to tailor a practice that fit well with what I love. So we had lunch one day 
And we just started talking and lunch turned into a two hour strategy session about how I could come back to the firm and what that would look like and how different and empowering it would look at this stage of my career. And that's how I came to be at the Tyler Allen Law Firm for a second time. Oh, that's great. So I love how you shared with us that you would be the advocate for your clients from the, you know, from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And they don't have to worry about being handed off. And then also with that litigation background that you have as well, you can really provide some clarity with clients about possible landmines that you're trying to help prevent them from because you've experienced that other side as well. Is that correct? Exactly. I think when you niche down from the very start and you don't get to see what these other areas look like, sometimes that ends up to your detriment because you don't see these big landmine coming. And you can't talk honestly from firsthand experience to your client about what the point of what they're doing is, what they're trying to avoid. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. And then what is an ideal client? What does that kind of look like for you? An ideal client is ready to finalize those estate planning documents. For so many of us, they think it's in the back of their minds for a while. Oh, yeah, I need to get to that. And years go by and they don't do it. It's a client who's ready to be proactive, who's ready to talk, who hasn't said, oh, this one's out of my budget, so I'm not even going to talk to a lawyer yet. It's someone who's ready to say, okay, talk to me. Here's what my objectives are. Here's what I can afford. And is going to follow through and you know, show up for those meetings, make some decisions, even though they're difficult at the time. And they're ready to feel better because they don't have to feel guilty that they haven't crossed this T yet or dotted this I. Right. Excellent. All right. Thank you for sharing that. And how would uh, potential clients best find you? You can find me online through our website, AllenLawAZ, so A-L-L-E-N-L-A-W-A-Z.com. And then there's a contact us button. You can select the area of practice you're looking for. And those estate planning and business ones automatically go to me. And then I can respond directly. You can get on my Calendly. And then we'll follow through with making sure that you get reminders for your appointment. For our estate planning meetings, they're all going to be 30 minutes, complimentary. And we'll walk through, based on your objectives, what my recommendations are for what type of product we can provide you with and what the pricing is. It's all really upfront. And you know within 20 minutes, you know, what my recommendation is. Sounds excellent. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, So... I know you've kind of alluded to this a little bit already there, Anjali, but what common issues do you help your clients with? Yeah, so naming a guardian is a big one for my clients that are parents, especially newer parents. You know, they don't know what this world looks like. And it's talking about when they might need to amend those documents too. just kind of having a general conversation. So they understand what's in store, what's the next step, when do they need to come back if they ever need to come back to me. The other big things we do is making sure that if you own any sort of real estate, usually your main house, how can we protect that from going into probate? How can we ensure that that property goes where you want it to go as seamlessly as possible with as little cost as possible? What's the wrong way to pass property over to somebody else? And what's the right way? Another thing is, you know, are you buying a second property? How do I protect myself from from liability there, and then also make sure that it goes where I want it to go. That process looks a little different when it's your second home or an investment home that's a rental. And then, you know, making sure that you don't run afoul with your HOA or something like that for the rental is another another thing we can assist with. And it certainly is going to help you 
in the long run to talk to me before you take some of these steps where it's too late. Right. And I can already tell you're bringing up certain areas and I'm sure that people are just not thinking about, you know, when it comes to ancillary probate and the like. So Mm -hmm. that's great. That's great. So what would you say there, Anjali, are some of the common misconceptions that you receive when people come to meet with you? Well, one is that you can't provide for your kids if if you can't afford a trust. So you should just wait till you can afford one to make any decisions. Another one is that, you know, husband and wife can have the same exact will. Nope, they're two separate documents and separate decision making can apply. Another one is that you should wait until you're at the retirement age to even think about estate planning. Absolutely not. There's a lot of people that should think about it now. In fact, I would say most people that have any assets at all to protect need to ask themselves the question of, you know, how, where do I want my stuff to go? And what does that look like? And then I would say a giant misconception is that, you know, all I have to do is put my rental property in an irrevocable trust and I am good. I am protected. Nobody can get at my assets. That's just a huge misconception that is just not true. Gotcha. Excellent. Thank you for sharing, especially when you bring up certain areas like the need that, oh, you know what, these are items that I'll take care of later in the future or just something that I feel like that really shouldn't be a concern based off of this, this season that I'm in in my life. But again, you're stating that to me, I, I always think of that, you know, in other states using the East Coast, most real estate transactions are handled by an attorney office. Right. right. While here in Arizona, it's handled by an escrow. And sometimes I've always thought that sometimes we may be providing a disservice to where if I'm sure that there will probably be a lot more conversations about estate planning once people obtain using their largest asset. Right. right. And start to go ahead and start that process and those wheels turn in initially, whether they do it that day or in the future at least it's top of mind, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And there, you've probably got considerations you want your clients to take into account too. But things like marriage, buying a house and having kids, those are things that happen to that younger, those younger generations and those should trigger. I need to talk to a financial planner. I need to talk to an attorney. I just need to make sure that what I think should happen can just happen seamlessly without all this later cost for that loved one who just lost you. And now they're faced with some big issues that aren't easy to fix. Excellent point. Excellent point. Any stories where you can share about going wrong, where estate planning going wrong? Yeah, there's one that that really breaks my heart. We were, we just ended up finishing everything to the point that it looks better. But I had somebody reach out to me that I had known socially, who was trying to get his parents to come in and get these documents done and couldn't convince the the parents to just come in, talk to me, have the intro meeting so we could talk it through. And that my friend's dad passed away before that document could be done or before he even came to talk to me. And now, unfortunately, I get to watch firsthand how much they regret it and how much of a big stress it's been for the family. And that's heartbreaking. So you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. What about one where they're going right, where estate planning going right that comes to mind? Oh my, I mean, that's everyone that walks in our door, right? So right. it's 
I love the clients who thought that a estate planning solution was out of their reach. And then they, they came to me or they were really dreading the process. And then they comment, you made this so easy. And dare I say that final execution is actually fun at my office. You get to hang out with two witnesses and a notary and me, and we have a great time. And it takes about 30 minutes or an hour and everybody walks out smiling. That's great. That's so great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah. What would you say, Anjali, is your biggest challenge in this season? I think a big challenge for me in this estate planning context is that, you know, that the potential client comes to me, is ready to start the process, knows it needs to be done, but then life gets in the way and a few months can go by or longer where they don't follow through with the initial stuff. And that's tough. Well, I think everybody thinks maybe that they really have to have all their stuff together and ready and that they'll deal with that difficult question later and then they'll ignore me until that point. And I wish I could reach through the email you know, to them or the phone call they're not answering and just say, listen, like, let's just book a meeting, get on my calendar. I promise you, I can help you make these difficult decisions and let's just move on to the next step. Right. Excellent point. All right. Yeah. And Anjali, anything else that you would like to share with us, but before we bring this to a close? No, I just, I love that I get to make people's, I get to improve something for people that's not always top of mind, but that could have such a huge impact on them financially and otherwise. And so I'm just, I'm happy to get to do that. Excellent. And again, where can we find you? You can find me online, www.allenlawaz.com. Click that contact us button, or you can email me. You're going to have to spell my name right though. It's A-N-J-A-L-I at allenlawaz.com. Excellent. Well, Anjali, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been Eddie James with Legacy Stories Podcast. I've been here with Anjali Patel, again with Tyler Allen Law Firm. Thanks for joining us. And thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you again next time. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.